Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Success is Complicated podcast. I am Raquel Hopkins. And I am Sierra Davis. And today we have Stephanie as our guest, and she is all things finance. I found her on Instagram. Y'all know that I'm always digging through Instagram, looking for people that will offer us something new. And I landed upon Stephanie's wealth philosophy. And that's one of the things that I really want to talk about today, because it's really a change in your mind, your mindset and allowing us shifts to get to this place of wealth in a sense. But before we do that, Stephanie, tell us about you. How did you get to this point? How did you end up creating finances on point? Well, thank you and good morning. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for the invitation. And hi to everyone. My name is Stephanie Davis and I am the creator of Finances on Point. It is a financial empowerment community for women that helps women understand how to manage your money so you can create the life that you desire. I know that we always talk about we want more money, we want more money, but really the foundation of it is that you have to have your money management together, right? You have to have that completed first in order to be able to be responsible for the additional resources that you do receive. And I actually learned this lesson the hard way. I went from being significantly in debt to becoming a real estate investor within three years. And there were certain things that I had to put in place in order for that to happen. Now, obviously, I didn't grow up learning about money. And I realized that as I made these mistakes, I was doing the same things that my peers were doing. But as I decided that I wanted to go from paycheck to paycheck to passive income, I needed to do some things differently. And then I realized that we weren't having these conversations within my immediate community. And I started to have these conversations and then realized that actually it needs to be a broader conversation. And during the government shutdown, I currently work for the government. That was the opportune time for me because it enlightened that, oh my gosh, I already started creating passive income from these real estate properties and I'm not in dire need of the paycheck. And I realized that more people needed to understand that we can create our own economy. We just have to do things differently within our community. And so I created Finances on Point during the government shutdown to really have these conversations and to teach women on how to build wealth. Awesome. Awesome. So this wealth philosophy, I want to just go ahead and jump right into it. I pulled out two that really stood out to me. Okay. And the first one is we can have everything that we want if we become the person first. What does that mean and how does that relate to money? Yeah, so a lot of times we have been taught that we need to limit or downplay what we want in life. And what I've learned to believe is that we are all individuals and we all receive individual vision, right? My dream and what I want in life is not the same thing as what you may want in life. There is somebody that wants to be a doctor. I have no desire to be a doctor, right? I don't like science. Um, I actually like dance and, and things like that. But everybody has their unique vision. And the reason why it's unique for you is because no one else can see that but you. That means it is destined for you to have it. But in order to receive that, one, you have to accept that my vision can become a reality, right? And that this thing that we have that's called an imagination is not just for kids. It's actually a divine gift 
that we all have and that we need to continue to use that and explore it because it's actually a preview, right? It's a preview of what you can actually have. So that's the first thing is that you have to believe that you can have what it is that you want, right? Because you can see it in your mind. The second part of that is you have to become the person that has that. Meaning the person that you are right now, if you look in your current environment, that is currently what you are, what you are attracting, right? But in order to get to the next level, there are certain things that you have to do and become in order to achieve that. For instance, I desire to be a real estate investor, right? But currently, my current environment, I was significantly in debt. I was not going to be able to get a loan in order to get the real estate property that I needed. And so there were certain things that I had to do differently. I had to realize that my money is not just for me to spend and consume. It's actually used for me able to, to create money, right, to multiply my money and be able to use that to buy more assets. That was a mind shift that I had to have first in order for me to become a real estate investor. So I did certain things. Once I believed that that was true, then my actions started to change. I started to, one, I got clear on what my numbers were and where I needed to be. And I started to pay down debt. I didn't go on as many trips. I started to cook more internally, so at home. And so I started to use that in order to accelerate my debt pay down at that point. And then I became very focused that a real estate investor, right, they're not going to have all of this personal debt. They're going to be able to qualify for the, for the mortgage for the investment property. And so I started to create what a real estate investor would do and become. And then I had to make sure that my profile, when I went to go get a loan, matched what was going to be approved. So in order for me to do that, I had to become a real estate investor before I actually was one right? I needed to be knowledgeable. So that's what it means. It really is, if you have this desire, you actually can have it, but you need to become that person first, meaning putting the pieces in place, changing your mindset of what that person or would be and would have, and then it starts to develop, it starts to evolve. And so that was a prime example for me with the real estate investing. You know, it ties back into, and I didn't write this one down, but it ties back into another one of your philosophies, which was money is not the source, it's a resource. And what I'm hearing you say is learning how to make your money work for you. And I know Sierra and I talked, well, we talked about in in some other episodes about our self-care habits and, and mine being like extremely expensive. And while I'm making great money, I'm not putting the money to work for me. We were talking yesterday also about investing in the stock market. And I know for me, I'm like, well, $500 isn't a lot of money to to invest in the stock market. Like I'm the type of person I like, oh, you got to have like some thousands to put in there. And then <laughs> I'm reminded of what Sierra was able to do. She took $500 and she turned it into $10,000 in 30 days. So when you can yeah. truly understand that it's not so much about you know, like the sacrifices and all that, because granted, you may have to change some things. But when you recognize that money truly is a resource, it doesn't become the source of all other things and you are able to put it to work for you. I like the other thing, too, about if we become that first, because 
talk about like the work that's involved in in making in making that shift because for somebody like me, right, Stephanie, I think mm-hmm. that money just flows abundantly. Sierra will tell you Dang. ever since I was a kid that, like, she feels like money has and always just flowed. Flow <laughs> How do you, when you say becoming that person, like, for, for somebody like me, it's always flowing, right? If it's if it's always mm-hmm. flowing, how do a person like me shift to make money become a resource and and not the source and how do you know if you're using it to your advantage yeah so a couple of things in that one with money being a resource and not the source to really expound on that is a lot of people look at money as happiness as money as freedom as money as oh you got to stop money. on that one Okay. Look okay. at money as freedom. Because mm-hmm. I know that all too well. Like once I've gotten the money and then you still feel unfulfilled. Can you talk about that? I, I can. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's <laughs> and that's that's truly it. I think that we give money too much power, right? And we look at money as the source of what is not gonna be able to fulfill you. That what comes what comes from within right that is the source and so it is not money is the external part of it money is the after effect right money is what you see but money can't give you that money can't give you peace money cannot give you happiness money cannot give you freedom any of that thing so we need to make sure that we put money in its right place and the places that you are directing it to do good, right? And you are directing it to multiply so that you can continue to do more good. And so we have to make sure that we put money in the service position as it should be and not in the lead position. Because a lot of times we look at, we have to go chase money. No, as you said, money flows to you, right? Because when you're chasing it, you're in the the back position. You're in the back position. So you have to make sure you're in the right, you have to make sure you're in the right position. But what do you say when I counter and I say, so when I counter that and I say, well, money is freedom, Stephanie, meaning that I'm able to buy my time back. I'm able to do more things with my family. I'm able to to just do things that I wasn't able to do. Like, what would be your response to to that, like, I guess, what is your definition of what freedom is for you? And what are you trying to help the women that are in your community? What place are you trying to get them to? Yeah, freedom, freedom to me is peace of mind, right? And money cannot get you that. What I would say to those people is that money can give you some options, right? But that's not necessarily going to translate into freedom. I think that you have to define what it is, but money is not going to be like the solution for that. You can try it and it might be a temporary fix, but what you'll realize is it's not going to permanently be that. Yeah. You were starting to touch on it, service. And another one of your wealth philosophies, it's we seek to be of service first and then we are compensated accordingly. 
Can you speak to that one as well? Yeah, and that is, it's an exchange, right? Money is an exchange of you provide a service, you provide value, and then you're compensated for that. A lot of times, even when you are working in your job, right, it is an exchange, right? Because you are providing a service to your employer, and in that, they are paying you back. And one of the things that I've learned along this journey as I was getting promoted at work, I came in with the fallacy of, you know, I deserve to be promoted. I, you know, I should get more money. And I remember talking to a friend of mine at the time, and he he basically got me straight on that. He was just like, what you're doing right now, you're already getting paid for. You're already getting the exchange for that. In order for you to get to the promotion status, you need to provide greater service. And then you get the exchange through the compensation. And a lot of times we get that backwards, right? We, we feel like doing what I'm doing. I'm doing what I'm doing well. I'm doing this great. That's what you're supposed to do already. So greater service then requires greater compensation. Mm. I like that. And you're speaking to two HR prof- HR professionals. <laughs> And okay. look, she done um, already made us quit our jobs. No, 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 no. In this setting, <laughs> we are hosts of Success is Complicated. Right, and coaches. Okay, right. all right. What do you think about generational wealth? How do you pass it down? How do you create it? Who benefits? Yeah, generational wealth is, it really is something that is really being talked about within our community now, where I think other ethnic backgrounds, they understood this and they obviously didn't have the systemic barriers that our community has to face. But generational wealth, it's not just money, right? It's also values, but we'll, we'll talk about the money part of it now. And it really is a place where your family can stand rather than starting from the bottom all over again, meaning the next generation doesn't have to figure out how to buy a house or figure out how they're going to go to college and things like that. There's already resources available so that they can focus on the next level of their involvement, meaning they don't necessarily have to run out and choose a job just to pay off student loans. They now can choose something that they feel they've been destined to perform as a service and focus on that contributing to society. Right now, I just feel like, you know, all of us, we're, we're trying to make it. We're trying to survive and we're trying to start from the bottom up. I'm a first generation college graduate. And in order for me to go to college, I went into the military, meaning I had an Army ROTC scholarship. Oh. So that was the exchange that I had to do in order to get a college degree. Um, that was my path. And I'm using this path to the, the best of my ability to be able to now accumulate wealth and then really set it up so my family wouldn't have to make that type of choice if they want to go into the military, great, right? But you don't want to sort of feel like this is my only path in order to advance in society. And so it really is laying the foundation where you don't have to start from scratch and where the next generation can then focus on what they're destined to be first. I really like how you put that because... You didn't talk about money. Even though you said, I'm going to start with money first, you didn't talk about money. You talked about setting people, setting the next generation up. And it's one of those things as when you know better, you do better. And as we continue to evolve as people and within our community, 
when you think about it from a perspective of not chasing money and learning the things that you were meant to learn for your evolvement, the people that come underneath you will evolve. And then whatever they're supposed to experience for the next generation, they will as well. And I think that you see it happening because you do have more people going to college. You do have more entrepreneurs. And once we realize this, I always say the same thing to generational wealth for me is not so much about the money. It and I and I hate to say like mindset, but I like when you use values. Like, how do we treat money? Are we treating money as a resource and not the source? Like all of those things that you're that you're passing down. I think what happens within our community is you don't come from anything. You ain't really got nothing, so you don't even get that jump start in a sense. But when you start to think about how we're trying to or how we are raising our children. To some degree, there's a level of privilege attached to it, right? Maybe you still do have the systemic barriers that are there, but I think the generational wealth is about privilege as well. So you got the privilege to do what I didn't get a get an opportunity to do. Like you have choices, you right. have options now. So I, I really, I really like that. Can you talk about the values? Absolutely. And and talked about like the philosophy, the wealth philosophy, putting money in its proper place. Also with family, the values of family and how we support each other and how we take care of each other as well, right? It is not an exclusive, this is what I own and no one else can partake in this, right? It is a really a collaborative experience, right? Everybody has a contribution that they should make to their family and everybody should value that and we should be able to support each other. And that way you all can rise quicker when we all support each other versus everybody being in their own lane. Okay. I I, I mean, I like that as well, Stephanie, but are you saying like a, a, a smaller family, like a family of four, or are you talking about how other cultures may do it where we have several families in the house and building each other up? Yeah, because we yeah, I, don't like to live with people. <laughs> you like, said what? We don't like to live with a bunch of people. So can you explain? Like it's, no, I understand. I understand. That ain't going to work. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> needs to have their space. What? And you don't necessarily all have to live in the same home. That's, that's not what I'm saying. But I think that the shared values of, you have some family members, even with extended families, they have, you know, started a, a fund where, you know, everybody contributes a little bit to the fund for educa- educational fund or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And you come to terms with what is this going to be used for, right? It is for a scholarship or it's to help someone get the equipment that they need to go to school. So it doesn't have, it can start with your immediate family, yes. But if you have, you know, other extended family members that, you know, you trust and they all are are working towards building generational wealth, then you can absolutely expand into that too. You all do not have to live together. Obviously that does work in, in some cultures and you can able to you can accumulate wealth faster, right? And everybody is chipping in on the same expenses, but you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that at all. But what you can do is you can share the information on how how what you can do is to buy um, different rental properties and things like that, showing people how to build build houses and also own houses. That could be helpful as well. I think also just sharing information, right? I see sometimes in families where there's just a lot of secrets and you'll see someone that is doing something and they're not sharing the information. So being transparent about what we need to know 
now, right? To set the next generation up. So you don't have to live with them. Okay. So you say, I believe we are more than capable of achieving financial independence, but we just need the right plan. What is financial independence? Because it looks different for 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 everybody. And now that you've made it clear that money is not the source, it's only a resource. How do you how do you go about achieving financial independence and what does that look like? So financial independence is when you have enough passive income that is coming in to cover your current expenses. That number is different for everyone, right? Because it's determined based on your expenses and how your lifestyle is set up. So depending on, you know, they have some where if you want to live a very modest lifestyle, right, you can own a couple of rental properties or create a a small business and that will be able to sustain you, right? Or you can have a desire lifestyle that, you know, flies, flies first class, luxury cars and things like that. And obviously you need to scale that up. But it really is putting in place where you don't have to exchange your time for money and you're creating passive income streams to be able to take care of your expenses. So that is kind of the definition of financial independence. You can also use that through investment. They have the 4% rule where you can accumulate a lot of money in the stock market uh, or in mutual funds, and it can pay off dividends of 4% or whatever that number is that you need to be able to pay your expenses. So how I prefer to do it or my plan to do it is through cash flow of real estate or passive income, right? That means that I'm not necessarily looking to accumulate, you know, ten, you know, uh, ten million dollars. I will get there, but that's not going to be the point that I need to be financially independent. What I would like are multiple real estate and properties that then pay off cash flow that not only pay for themselves, but then also pay for my lifestyle as well. So you say let's build wealth together, one dollar at a time within your community. When you say let's build wealth, what are you inviting people in to do? So it really, it starts with the money management, right? It starts with, you talked about how you thought that $500 in the stock market is not a lot of money. That's why I said $1 at a time. If you are earning money, then you can build wealth. Every dollar you can give a job, you have a choice on if that dollar is going to work for you or work for someone else, right? So it really is having the conversation on, when I provide the education through my website as well, but having the conversation of, with this money, this hard-earned money that I, that I worked for, I am now going to choose with this dollar to build wealth. I like that. I like the simplicity of it because... I would say that I probably would talking to me and that's probably why I'm not a financial coach because how much do you have? Because we're going to make it big. Like, and I am like a think big type of person. And then when I'm looking over, you know, I'm playing around in the stock market and I've lost all of my thousands. And then she's like, well, I have $500 and I turn it. Well, how you do it? Well, I was trying to tell you. <laughs> so I really like how you say $1 at a time. Like you don't have to have a lot. And when I really do think about it, it goes into like that scarcity mindset or just feeling like we need more 
more and more and more. And I think you posted it yesterday. Yeah. You already have what you need. Yeah. Make it work for yeah. you. Yes. You just have to, you have to be in the right environment mentally and spiritually in order to be in a line, but you already have everything that you need. And I, I want to go back to the $1 at a time. And really, it doesn't take a lot of money, especially to get started. The key thing is to build the habit, right? If you continuously wait for these large lump sums of money, you'll always have an excuse on why you're not going to start. Start with what you have, because what will happen is you will build momentum and it will get larger over time, right? You will find ways. Money will start flowing to you, right? If you treat it the way that it's supposed to be treated, but it does not require. And I want to stress that because a lot of people do have that mindset like, oh, that's, you know, that's nothing. No, it's absolutely something. Start with that, because, again, once you train yourself internally, the mental part of it then things will start happening externally that will be able to help you accelerate that. Yeah, I really like that. I've got to ask you one question, Stephanie. Sierra just reminded me. So success is complicated. What does that mean to you? Hmm. Success is complicated. I think that we can make it complicated, right? I think that Sometimes when we don't have a, we have the vision, but we don't know how to get there, that can may seem complicated. But I heard on a podcast recently is that success really is on the next level is a puzzle, right? And so you need to find the different pieces of the puzzle, but you can figure it out. What I do think is that success is for everyone. You have to define what that is, right? Become it. And then work to put those pieces together. I like that, Stephanie. So thank you guys again for for, for tuning in. We're going to go ahead and close out. Stephanie, if you could tell the people where to find you and about the freebie that you have on your website. Yes. Thank you all for this opportunity. You can find me on www.financesonpoint.com and also on IG at underscore finances on point. And then on the website, have a freebie for those that are interested in starting their wealth building journey. 21 things that you can do to build your wealth now. All right. Thank you so much, Stephanie. We will talk to you guys next week.